pastimes are unlimited. Anantashesha speaking with his unlimited mouth. Ananta. Ananta means endless or unlimited. For endless time, Anantakal. With Ananda uh, mouth for Anantakal cannot find the end of Krishna's pastimes. What you're getting in Srimad Bhagavatam and other scriptures is just some outline of it. Bhagavatam is actually the summary study. It goes on endlessly. And we are simply trying to cover some of it within three days. Not three days, maybe. Five days. Yeah. So, today is the third day? Today is the third day or fourth day? Today is the fourth day already. So we have then two more days. Two more days. For six days. Tomorrow is second and then third. Third is the last day. Friday. Today is Wednesday. Okay. Well, you have only two days left. I thought we have three days left. Let me see how we need to cover it. Anyway, uh, uh, so we will do it in this way. Today we will discuss about Krishna's various pastimes out of Vrindavan and tomorrow we will discuss about Bhagavad Gita which is an important part of Krishna's pastimes. Then you are left only with one day. What will happen to the exams? Well, I have been noticing how diligently you have been taking notes and how attentively you are listening and I am very pleased and you all have passed. So we will see what we'll do on the final day. <laughs> we have various various options. We can hear about different devotees' realizations. 
in the morning session. What do you think of that? That's a good idea? And there won't be any pressure, there won't be, it will be completely voluntary. Whoever wants to speak can give you names about those who want to, those who are bold enough to present their realizations, what you understood from these sensations. And then you will come to the conclusion. The afternoon session, uh, morning session will have realizations and in the end session we'll conclude. Uh, uh, maybe I'll just speak and uh, speak a little bit from uh, my realization of this seminar. <laughs> and I like this seminar actually because you know why I like it? Because it forces me to study. <laughs> because I have to prepare the classes myself. And one thing I learned from Srila Prabhupada, always prepare yourself. Don't go to any situation unprepared. So that's what I try to do, like whenever there is any class or presentation, I see the importance of preparing. Uh, so, that reminds me of once Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw, the great English author and philosopher. George Bernard Shaw wrote a letter to his friend. He said, I'm sorry I didn't have enough time to write a short one. <laughs> so that's what it happens. Like when you want to present thing in a proper way, then we have to take the time to make it concise, make it precise. <clears throat> and I thought it was a very nice lesson. I didn't have time enough to lie, write a short one. It's not that it takes long time to write a long letter. It takes a long time to write a short letter. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, our preparations also. And, and Well, uh, one thing also I want to point out, it is a custom, the Vedic custom, that you saw uh, the completion of the study with Sandipani Muni's ashram. What was the completion of the study? Uh, Dakshina. Uh, it's not that I am pro, I am solicit. <laughs> I'm sorry. But the thing is that real Dakshina <clears throat> is committing yourself to that. I'll give you my own experience. You see, when I got initiated, I was already serving Srila Prabhupada. And service to Srila Prabhupada actually meant 
just being with Srila Prabhupada all the time. So in the morning I got initiated and the whole day I was with Srila Prabhupada. And then in the evening I saw the devotees coming, giving Guru Dakshina. And I felt so guilty that I didn't go out collecting Guru Dakshina. So <clears throat> I told Srila, when everyone left, I told Srila, I offered my obeisances. I told Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I'm so sorry. I did not collect any Dakshina. Then Prabhupada said, you have offered yourself. That is the greatest Dakshina. That is the real Dakshina. And I offered my obeisances to Srila Prabhupada and told, yes, Srila Prabhupada, I'm offering myself to you. I'm yours. So the point actually that from that I learned that lesson that the real Guru Dakshina is to offer a self to him because what can be more precious than the self? So the point I'm trying to make is that whatever you're carrying from these lessons is simply meant for offering yourself to this process of Krishna Consciousness. Just recognize that this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. Nothing is more precious than Krishna Consciousness. And nothing is more precious, at least to yourself, than you yourself. So you found the most precious process and offer yourself. Yesterday, many of you are not here, when I actually, after the Harinam, we came back and I was speaking briefly and I was pointing out the importance of this holy name, the importance of this congregational chanting, Sankirtan. Not only because it's the Juga Dharma, in this age nothing else is going to work. Meditation won't work, sac sacrifice won't work, fire sacrifice won't work. Just worshipping deity in the temple alone won't work. What will really matter is this Harinam Sankirtan. Kalo nasteva 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 gatila annatha. Annatha means other than. Other than this whole Hare Krishna Mahamantra chanting, congregational chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, there's no other way, there's no other way, there's no other way. So that is what we have to understand. There's no other way. So that is what try to remember, try to recognize. This is the only thing that will matter. And I was giving uh, elaborating on that, what it actually means. And I was explaining, the world situation is becoming so critical, so precarious. Uh, does the world situation seem to be very pleasant now? Uh, although we are leading quite a comfortable life, but the situation is very precarious. 
that any day everything may get shattered. Just consider millions of refugees are coming from Syria and Iraq to Europe. Millions of them. They're destitute. They don't have any place to stay. And so many of them must have been billionaires, living in mansions. But today they're destitute. They don't have any place. So this is how uncertain our situation is in this world. Any day anything can happen. Today I am living in a palace. Tomorrow I may not be able to even stay under a tree. That is how uncertain our situation is. And the world is becoming extremely frightening. One situation. We are seeing what's happening. Who could ever think that somebody could just come and, you know, blast a suicide bomb in an airport when people are just standing in the queue to get uh, to board in the plane, to get the uh, uh, flight, to get into the flight. People are just staying and standing in the railway station, subway station, bang. You know, so many people dead. In Karachi, people are celebrating Easter. And not that these people are all Christians. Most of them are actually Muslims. And the Muslims came and blew them up. 130 people dead. The official declaration is 130 people. Who knows how many people actually died? In these gatherings, one bomb will wipe out whoever is there within the radius of at least 30 meters. So can you imagine within 30 meters in a location like that, how many people must have been there? So this is how precarious, how dangerous the situation is. Now tell me, what is the shelter? Is the army going to protect us? Is the police is going to protect us? Is the government going to protect us? All these governments are shaking. They know that they're in a very, very difficult situation. And the army thing is just a joke. When I was thinking that in France, when this thing happened in France, in Paris, the army was guarding the schools. But I was thinking, for how many days you need to guard the school? Can you, for how many days you can deploy the army huh, to just guard the schools? One week? Two weeks? Maximum one month? But then what will happen? And is it the only the school that the bomber, the suicide bombers can attack? They can just blow themselves up in the middle of the street. And what the army is going to do? Like you'll notice that the army, police, will, all this system will become totally ineffective. And this is the situation. So what is the shelter? Srila Prabhupada showed us the shelter. What is the real shelter? And what's the effect of that shelter? 
1944, Calcutta was about to be bombed by the Japanese because the Calcutta was the biggest military base of the British at that time. So they were going to bomb that military base. So naturally, people were evacuating the city. <clears throat> One of Prabhupada's godbrothers also was staying with Srila Prabhupada at, the, at Prabhupada's house at that time. And he decided to go to Navadip and he asked Srila Prabhupada, aren't you going to go? Prabhupada said, no, I'll stay here. I won't go anywhere. And he said, well, what will you do? He said, I'll go out in a Harinam. And Prabhupada did take out a Harinam. And Prabhupada's point was that if I chant the holy name, Krishna will protect. And even if Krishna doesn't protect, if I leave my body chanting the holy name, I'll achieve my perfection. So either way, it's a win-win. <laughs> either way, it will be beneficial. And the, the ultimate consideration is, for some unknown reason, Japan decided not to bomb Calcutta. Now to them, may have been, it may have been unknown, but we know the reason. Because Prabhupada chanted Hare Krishna Mahamantra in the congregational league, in the city, the city was saved. So this is the potency of the Holy Name. And how we should be fearless. We have taken shelter of the Holy Name. Will Krishna protect? Now, somebody may say, well, what if, some, what if we die? Maybe somebody will die. But what will Krishna protect? Will Krishna protect the body or Krishna protect the soul? So we have to have that full conviction that Krishna will protect the soul. Whether the body goes or not is not important. When you go to a doctor, do we expect that the doctor will save our shirt? <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, to cut open, to operate, to operate on us, the doctor cuts open that shirt. Right? When there is an accident, he just tears off the shirt and gets into the wound. <coughs> So just as a doctor's business is not to protect the shirt or the dress, Krishna's business is not to protect the body only. He may protect the body or he may not, doesn't matter. But what is more important, saving the body or saving the soul? So will Krishna protect us in that real sense? Yes. And Krishna may change the situation. Krishna may even change the situation. Like in Bible there is a statement that God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, these two cities. But he mentioned that if there is one pious soul, that is, means if there is one devotee, he will not destroy. And the world, you know, and that brings another point. How precarious the world situation is. You know why the Lord wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Because homosexuality was going on there. From that came the word Sodomy. Uh, homosexuality. Sodomy from Sodom. 
And today, governments are legalizing sodomy. <laughs> Same-sex marriage. So that shows how sinful the world has become. And do you think that God is going to save this world? I mean, he is terribly upset. He is simply not destroying because Krishna consciousness is spreading. Just because Krishna consciousness is spreading, Krishna is giving a chance. And if Krishna consciousness continues to go, continues to progress, then he will protect this world. Otherwise, a massive destruction is going to take place. I think about 25 years back, we got, I got some, got to know that world has enough nuclear weapons to destroy this world 300 times. <laughs> so this is the situation. We are sitting on a uh, dynamite. <laughs> so that is the world situation. And that is how powerful these weapons are. Uh, the, the weapons of mass destruction. And these, dis you know of the atom bombs uh, destroying two cities, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So now the kind of nuclear weapons that we have compared to those weapons, those atom bombs are like toys. They're just like toys. Now those toys destroyed two cities. So what they have today, can you imagine? How devastating it can be. So anyway, but are you worried? Are you afraid? No, let's rejoice. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. And mind you, when we, when we face the situation in this way, then only people will recognize the importance of this movement and the power of this movement. They will see that these devotees have conquered the fear of death. And then only they will take Krishna consciousness real seriously. Now people joke, laugh at us. Oh, Hare Krishna, there's this, there's that. But they don't know what Hare Krishnas really are. <laughs> when you looked at the Hare Krishnas before, did you? Uh, before you joined, what did you think of Hare Krishna? Did you think they were a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> and today, uh, you yourself became. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you saw its real value. So from a distance, one cannot really make out, unless and until one gets to see what it really is. And won't it be amazing, like when devotees will behave like Haridas Thakur? 
Okay, want to kill me, kill me. But I'll continue to chant the holy name. Didn't we learn that from Prahlad Maharaj? You want to kill me, kill me. Who cares? I'm going to just take shelter of Krishna. And that will be the real purification of our hearts. Only when our heart becomes completely purified, then only we can display this kind of conviction to the Holy Name. So, so let's rejoice that we found the most precious gift from the world. So, let's go back to Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. This time we'll just discuss about Balaram's pastimes. Balaram decided to go to Vrindavan. Krishna and Balaram left Vrindavan. And the residents of Vrindavan were so heartbroken. So Balaram came to Vrindavan riding on his chariot. And everyone was so happy, his friends and their wives, when they saw him, they were so happy. Balaram, Balaram, you came back so wonderful. So they embraced Balaram. Then Balaram went to his parents, Nanda Maharaj and Jasudha and offered obeisances. They embraced him and asked, how is everything? Now that Kamsa is dead, everything must be all right with the residents of Mathura. In this way, they had their very intimate, loving exchange. Then Balaram met the gopis, and the gopis asked, so Balaram, how is Krishna doing? <laughs> He must have stolen the hearts of all those city girls. But I don't know how can they, how can they even trust him? <laughs> they don't know what a what a deceptive character he is. <laughs> Completely heartless. He doesn't care about anybody. He plunged us in this situation and went away, doesn't even think about us. So Balaram assured them, no, no, you know, Balaram Krishna is, you know, his heart is always in Vrindavan. It's out of his uh, family responsibility that he's there, and he's there because he's worried that uh, the enemies can attack any time. Now we have taken care of the main enemies to some extent, and the situation is a little peaceful, that's why I could come. Otherwise, you know, Jarasandha they attacked for 18 times. Kale Javana came with 30 million soldiers to attack Mathura. So in this way, Balaram <coughs> spoke to them. Then Balaram met his set of girlfriends. <laughs> Just as Krishna has his gopis, Balaram also has his gopis. So Balaram met them at night. 
And so Balaram was very happy to meet them. They also were very happy to meet Balaram. And at that time, knowing how fond Balaram is of Varuni, <laughs> a, celest- a celestial drink, Varundev, from Varundev is the controller of water department. So Varundev supplied Varuni. And the Varuni was flowing from the holes of the tree. So Balaram went with his girlfriends and drank it. And Balaram often gets intoxicated. And his eyes started to roll. (laughs) And he started to move about like a maddened elephant. And Balaram wanted to take a bath. Bath in the sense, sport in the water with the gopis. And Balaram said, Jamuna is so far away. He said, Jamuna, come here. Jamuna didn't listen. You don't want to listen to me? You don't obey my order? So Balaram took his plow and was about to smash Jamuna. So Jamuna came. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I forgot to recognize, I forgot to obey your command. And please, I forgot that I failed to recognize that you are the Supreme Personality of God. So now that I have found you, please allow me to surrender myself. And then Balaram and Jamuna came. And Balaram with his set of gopis and sported in the Jamuna. Then Balaram had a rasa dance also. So not that only Krishna had his rasa, Balaram also had his rasa. So this is how we have to see that Krishna and Balaram are not different, just an expansion. Just as when Krishna expands, his pleasure potency expands. Just like Krishna becomes, Krishna becomes Vasudev, as we discussed yesterday. When Krishna becomes Vasudev, Radharani becomes. When Krishna becomes Narayan, Radharani becomes Lakshmi. When Krishna becomes Ramchandra, Radharani becomes Sita. Similarly, when Krishna expands Balaram, his pleasure potency, the gopis also expand. So this is how Balaram performed his pastimes in Vrindavan. Balaram stayed there for two months, uh, Madhu and Madhavi months. Uh, that's the springtime. In the springtime, Balaram was there. And <clears throat> uh, when Balaram was away, uh, one Joker, 
who was the king of the province called Kurusha. His name was Pondraka. <laughs> he sent his messenger. Actually, his followers were saying that he is the real Vah, Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sometimes we find, not sometimes, often we find, especially nowadays, how the foolish followers make some, uh, make somebody God, make somebody into God. And they also being uh, glorified by these foolish people, think that they are God. I remember one uh, such God. <laughs> His follower uh, became attracted to Srila Prabhupada. So when he told Prabhupada that he used to follow this person, he was still following and he was quite, very quite an important person. So he must have been quite important in that group also. And <clears throat> so he had a close relationship. And he told that how he is claiming that he is God. Not claiming, I think he went and told that, yes, my guru is actually God. So Prabhupada said, yes, is it true? And then Prabhupada said, okay, I send a challenge to your God. That let him hold the table with his left hand and hold it there for seven minutes. Anyway, I give the name also. He's the, he was Rajneesh. No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Rajneesh. Chinmayananda. And the person that told us the story is Shinaji. Naji Prabhu from Bombay, you know. <laughs> so he's a very important person. His father was <coughs> MP, member of parliament, big businessman. They are, uh, anyway, they are very big people in Bombay. <coughs> so Naji Prabhu went to Chinmayananda and told, that Swami Bhaktivedanta sent you a challenge. What? He asked you to lift the table with your left hand. And you can use, even use both hands. <laughs> but hold it for seven minutes. Then he responded, how is it possible? <laughs> Then he reminded him that Swami said that Krishna held it, held a mountain, not a table, on the little finger of his left hand and held it for seven days. So he asked you to only hold it for seven minutes. <coughs> and that was the last time Nanji Prabhu met so this is the, uh, the quality of Supreme Personality of Godheads in this age of Kali.
So they were put, I mean, that kind of characters were there even 5,000 years ago. Even when Krishna was present on the planet, this Pondraka sent this thing. He sent his messenger saying, Krishna, you gave up your false claim that you are Vasudev. That is actually my title. <laughs> and the insignia that you are carrying, they belong to me. So return them immediately. And surrender unto me. Otherwise, prepare to face me in a battle. And when he made that proposals, Ugrasen and others in the court, in the assembly, started to laugh. What a fool. <laughs> Krishna also, when everyone had a, a fun session, Krishna told the messenger, you go back. I'm coming. Yes, I will offer my insignia, the disc and other things. I'll send my disc to him, my chakra. But this disc won't go to his hand. It'll go to his neck to sever his head. And then Krishna went <clears throat> to that, to face that king. Pondraka, he was a powerful king. He was an uh, ally of Jarasandha and Duryodhana and others. And he was a very close friend of Kashi Raj, the king of Kashi. Kashi, Benaras, is actually the place of Lord Shiva. So, so Kashi Raj was a friend of Pondraka. So when Krishna came with his army, Pondraka prepared his army along with Kashi Raj. Kashi Raj was there behind him with three Akshavini soldiers. And Pondraka, I think, had about five Akshavini. And together, they attacked Krishna. And Krishna enjoyed the fight. He likes to enjoy the fight, also, a good fight. Because Krishna is Rasa Vaisa. He is the reservoir of all Rasas. Rasa means, it means emotional experience. So one such rasa is Vira rasa or the mood of chivalry. So how do they enjoy that? Through fighting. Krishna loves to fight he, and he appreciates a good fight. So with Pondraka also he had a very good fight. <coughs> then finally he released his Sudarshan Chakra 
cut the head of Pondraka. When Krishna came, he saw Pondraka. That's what I was saying. Uh, the joker. <laughs> because <clears throat> Pondraka was dressed exactly like Krishna. <laughs> he had two extra hands. <laughs> like imitation hands. <laughs> like, and he was carrying uh, four insignias of Krishna. Disc, mace, sword, and, uh, and club. Uh, a sword, and no, not in, at this time it was not lotus. Like it was uh, disc, club, or mace, uh, sword, sword, and chakra. Disc is chakra. No, not even sankar, let me see. Yeah, conch, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The conch, the disc, the sword, and club. And he was also carrying uh, an imitation Shanga bow, Krishna's bow. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, was, he came like that, and <clears throat> in this way he was. Uh, and he was also dressed in yellow garment. He also had an imitation Kostava jewel. He also had an imitation Srivatsa mark. I mean, quite Krishna conscious. So, and then, finally, Krishna sent his chakra to sever his head. And with Kashiraj, Krishna, after the band, after fighting with him, he severed his head with his arrow. And he made the head fly all the way to Kashi, right in front of his palace, palace gate. And people were surprised to see what's that on fully decorated head <laughs> came flying. So they looked at it and then they recognized the head of the king. So seeing that, uh, they all became very morose. They reported to his son uh, and uh, his son uh, uh, became very revengeful, Sudakshina decided to take revenge of his father's death. So after the formal posthumous uh, 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 rites, <coughs> he worshipped Lord Shiva. They're living in Kashi, Banaras, so they're followers of Lord Shiva. And as a result of his worship, Lord Shiva appeared as a result of his austerity. And so Lord Shiva came and asked, so what do you want? So he said that I want to take revenge of my father's death. So he said, okay, 
then you worship the Dakshinangri fire. And from that, and, and your desire will be granted. So then Sudakshin worship Dakshinangri fire with his priests. And as a result of that, a terrible demon came out from that fire. And he was, uh, he had a terrible body and the body was made of fire. And being surrounded by his associates, this Dakshinangri fire, so Dakshinangri fire asked, what should we do? And he was ordered to attack the Jadus in Dwarka. So Dakshinangri fire immediately went. And seeing that fire, the demon, coming in that way, the residents of Dwarka were very worried, very afraid. So then they took Krishna, told them, don't worry. I will take care. Why fear when I am here? <laughs> and Krishna just released his Sudarshan Chakra. And the power of Sudarshan Chakra was so great that this potency of this Dakshinangri fire was completely subdued. And he ran for his life. And he went all the way back to Kashi. And killed Sudakshina and all the priests. So this is what happens. The danger about using this black magic is that if it doesn't work, then they will work on the, the sender. And Sudarshan Chakra also didn't stop. Sudarshan Chakra came all the way to Kashi chasing this demon. And the Sudarshan Chakra burnt Kashi to ashes. The whole city, it was a gorgeous city with many, many palaces, beautiful roads, beautiful <coughs> gardens, beautiful lakes, beautiful moats. Everything was burnt to ashes. You know that, yeah? Kashi was burnt. And at that time, you know what Lord Shiva did? He ran away from Kashi. He ran away from Kashi and he came to Navadip. And he took shelter of Navadip. You know Harihar Kshetra? How many of you have gone out to Parikrama? My <coughs> Okay. So you all know. So Lord Shiva, since then, is staying in Harihar Kshetra. Of course, then Kashi was rebuilt and he, one part of Lord Shiva went back there. But the real Lord Shiva, who is Hari, who is non-different diff- non from Hari, is residing there. That's the origin of Shiva, an incarnation of the Lord. But in the material nature, sometimes he acts funny as a destroyer. That also happens because he forgets who Krishna is. And he laments, why did you give me this Ishwar power? 
why did you give me this feeling that I am the controller? And as a result of that, I forget you, thinking that I am the greatest. Yeah, compared to, our, compared to others, I'm, I may be the greatest, but compared to you, I am only your part and parcel. So this is how the Pondraka, the imitation Krishna, imitation Vasudev, was taken care of by Krishna. So, will anybody ever dare to imitate him? <laughs> it's better to become his servant. Why should he become, his, become him? Or in the material nature, it's even worse. We don't think of becoming as good as him. We think that he is subordinate to us. I am the greatest. Who is Krishna? Standing in the temple, in his form, fine, let him be, let, let those, uh, those uh, sentimental devotees worship him. I don't need him. Isn't that the attitude of the common people in the world today? I do, why do I need God? I, if at all there is a God, then I am, I am he. <laughs> so that is the general understanding. So, uh, thank you all very much. Uh, no time for asking questions. It's already almost nine o'clock. So take your breakfast uh, and have a good day. Thank you. Beautiful weather. I saw many of you were walking up and down <laughs> and enjoying. Yes. Enjoy your life in Krishna culture. <laughs> we don't say suffer. <laughs> we rather say become free from all suffering conditions. And the way is surrender to Krishna. Goes Premanande, all glories to that symbol. Hare Krishna. Uh, may I ask Kamlesh Krishna Prabhu to come forward, please?